1: I promise that you'll never find another like me. Chuck and Chernoff on a Wednesday. No churn-off. We got Steve West in. I'm here. We're Matt Chernoff. Matt is in Orlando with the kids. Disney, uh, he will be back next week.
2: Four o'clock hour. Yeah, hey, four o'clock hour is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows. Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to EntryPointAtlanta.com for a free estimate. Thank you, Dan. Uh,
1: CFT coming up in just a few minutes. One head coach. Just had a lot of his recruiting pitch thrown into a shredder. But first, uh, brave success this season. Uh, There are now assumptions. There are expectations, Steve West. Is that right? Going into spring training, going into the season. uh, Brave success no longer measured just by reaching the playoffs.
2: I was talking with Matt about this. We're actually texting him about this. What defines... A disappointing season at this point for the Atlanta Braves? And what describes a failure at this point for the Atlanta Braves? Our expectations after this most recent World Series championship two years ago are so high. You played in the NLCS the year before. You had the biggest one-season improvement in victories by a returning World Series champion last year when you went from 88 wins to 101 wins. In the history of Major League Baseball, no returning champion has improved their win total by that much. I would say it was disappointing to lose to the Phillies last year, but I would not deem the season any kind of failure. It's just disappointing at this point when you don't advance at least to the National League Championship Series. And we know how hard it is to get to a World Series. So many things have to go right. But I think the only way that you could appraise any brave season right now as anything more severe than a disappointment would be if this team somehow did not qualify for the postseason. And you got to take injuries into account as well. But look how well they've overcome injuries. Ozzie Albies. Ronald Acuna, starting pitchers. And they've overcome all that to win five divisions in a row. So I think our expectations are very, very high. And I think that the worst thing the Braves can do is disappoint us with coming up short in the postseason. The only way you could deem anything a failure around here is if they didn't make the postseason.
1: Do you want my measured reasonable response or do you want my honest response? Because my honest response is I was let down last year. I wanted another World Series championship.
2: Was it something more than a disappointment for you? For me, I was let down.
1: I was sad face emote icon. I was really, really I didn't want to watch the World Series and and Houston was in it. I didn't want to watch because the Braves, that's so it was a season of failure. Because they didn't get to the World Series. I'm not gonna like I said, I was let down. That's my honest reaction. Now here's my so message. Is, res- is
2: let down worse than a disappointment?
1: Yeah. It was. It was right, more of so a disappointment. Last year was something more severe I, I than felt, a disappointment. Here's, here's what it is, and I'm saying my honest reaction: how I f- just t- you feel, how you feel. I felt cheated. Like there's supposed to be more. We're better than them. How did we lose and look so
2: bad? It was the Saturday afternoon game. That Philadelphia lineup was hitting at the end of the year, and
1: I'm watching. And I'm thinking about the sixth inning, and, and you could tell on the field, they're like, "Yeah, they know that this is over. They're not coming back. They're not going to score." Um, uh, it was, I was, I was really let down. I was like, it's not, it's like they're, they're better than this. I know. And we had just won the world series. Now it's not fair or right for me to think that way. I'm just, I said, you feel what you feel. Um, as far as measured and reasonable, I used to talk when the national cha- can we win the national championship? All right. Clemson, Ohio state, Georgia, USC, or whoever let's talk Win the national championship, you know, when I switched my conversation about 10 years ago, can you get in the playoffs? At this point, I don't talk about winning the World Series as an expectation. That's how it either turns out or it doesn't. But now when you have you have 12 teams in the playoffs, 12 teams that like really reached the playoffs, I, I can't say you are you have to win the World Series. I could do that when two, two, two American League teams played and two National League teams played. I could do it when... The regular season in college football played out and one team could really just emerge. Now, sports has made it more difficult to say you're supposed to win the championship. You can realistically and in a measured way say, no, you're good enough. You're supposed to get to the playoffs, to the tournament, to the whatever.
2: Do you think there's a segment? But I was let down
1: as a fan. I really was. I felt I wanted more.
2: Do you think there's a segment of the Alabama fan base, football fan base? That feels that if they don't win the national championship, the season's a failure. Yeah, absolutely. I That's a good is. place to be. That's a really good place to be.
1: This is 2023. This is the latest edition of championship or bust in Tuscaloosa, which is every season for real, real. Now, I don't. They're not like European soccer fans going to set the stadium on fire, and you know, I don't think. But absolutely, it was a failure. I mean, Nick Saban, and this was not just. It was not. It wasn't just arrogance and hubris. It also wasn't just marketing. I asked him at media days, whenever it was, they lost to Deshaun in Tampa. Was that January of 17, maybe? Uh, Whatever it was, they lost to Deshaun. I said, you were 14-0 and lost the national championship game on the last offensive snap of the greatest player in the opponent's program's history, last play of his career. You said the season was a disappointment. He was like, we didn't reach our goals. Like, the final pass from Deshaun Watson in his college career for the game winner, that's how you didn't go undefeated. And at Alabama, and he, he wasn't just trying to give a quip to say, hey, I promise that's where the standard is. No, that's really where the standard was for them.
2: Yeah, I think he used the right word, disappointment. He's not going to say failure. No one representing Alabama is going to say failure after the circumstances that you just outlined. And I think with baseball, you have to look at it kind of differently because there are so many games. Okay. None of those fourteen years in a row where the Braves won the National East, National League East, none of those seasons were failures. Now, postseason, there were many failures. But I think baseball, you almost have to separate the regular season and the postseason. Where I think you view football more as a whole, because there are so many less games that are played, especially in college, where you have a four-team playoff now, so there's a semifinal, and there's a national championship game, and then you crown a winner. Let me go by the teams that were in the college football playoff this year, and you tell me if their season was a failure or not. TCU, no. There's no way you can say that season was a failure. This is a breakthrough. Sonny Dykes in his first year. They don't have the year? standards
1: that Alabama yeah. has yeah. or Georgia has. It
2: sucked what happened in the national championship game, uh-huh. but there is no way you can say no. this season was a failure or even a disappointment. Do no it. way. Okay. Michigan.
1: A little bit. A little bit
2: disappointment or a little bit failure.
1: Oh, a little bit of a disappointment. They made the playoffs two years in a row. Uh huh. A little bit of a disappointment. Beat Ohio State. Uh huh. But it's not a failure. They're not supposed to look like they that. Got, they got there. Yeah. The Ohio State University. It was a disappointment. That season, last season was a disappointment. There's some
2: people that don't like Ryan Day that are saying that's a failure.
1: They didn't. That they should have beat Georgia. And they don't look real good sometimes. And then there's Georgia who goes undefeated.
2: Let's extrapolate this to Georgia Georgia doesn't win the national championship next year. Georgia doesn't make the college football playoff next year how will that be appraised
1: how the hell did that not happen that's and so you categorize that as a disappointment or a fa- i know how in again the honest moments the 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 the, the, the truthful responses um uh, yeah that's a failure disappointment whatever but
2: um nick has six championships at alabama seven overall uh, right okay uh, all right all right so georgia and kirby smart era are not there yet but they're Back-to-back, back, two championships. Is there a segment of the Georgia fan base that says this season's a failure next year if we don't win the national championship? I think it's too soon for that. CFD.
1: Off his back foot,
0: touchdown. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today. Brought to you by Duffy Realty of Atlanta. Because money matters. It's good to beat it, kid
1: duffy realty, there's your website you got some personal real estate business use Rhonda duffy it will turn out the best it possibly can it's been my experience love you Rhonda. duffy realty ATL.com. said one head coach just had a lot of his recruiting pitch thrown in a shredder hard for sean elliott or any coach to not feel pantsed in front of his entire team staff everybody when beyond anything in your control You lose your D.C. halfway through spring practice. They have a game, a spring game, a week from Saturday. Um, Now, this exact hire and departure, if you didn't see, the D.C. got hired by Cincinnati. Uh, This exact hire and departure happens like 50 times every offseason, probably more. But when you've told all the incoming recruits that you're the next program to make that leap, we're a riser, we're a comer, there's blue sky ahead. No, you're not, actually. Your program, the Cincinnati shows up with a check. Hey, we're here for your D.C., and they leave with your D.C.
0: Chuck Oliver's College Football Today, brought to you by Duffy Realty of Atlanta on the College Football Voice of the South, 680 The Fan.
1: There's a really bad look happening in one SEC locale right now. Based on my experience, it likely isn't an illegal look. That's next. Steve West, Chuck Oliver on 680 The Fan. Chuck and turn off, rolling on Wednesday afternoon, but it's not turn off. It's Steve West, and I think that is just awesome. Really bad look happening at one SEC locale right now. That is true. Based on my experience, likely isn't an illegal look. Uh, and I actually did talk to an attorney today, but he said, oh, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Uh, 6A to the fan. Braves Beach and Brew, final week to get qualified. 30th anniversary spring training promotion. Listen each day between 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. When you hear the Braves home run sounder and the Braves score, that's your cue to be the sixth caller. Get qualified to win the Braves Beach and Brew trip. Qualifying 30 listeners with a shot to win the weekend stay at the Wyndham Grand on Clearwater Beach. Tickets to the Braves versus Pirates game where you will spend an inning in the booth with the Braves announcers plus an $800 Delta gift card, $100 to spend on brews, and a pair of home opener tickets to Truist Park. To get qualified, stay tuned to six eighty of the Fan all week long as we celebrate our 30th with the Braves Beach and Beer Trip giveaway. Compliments of Atlanta road Um Atlanta Sports Trips, I'm sorry. Atlanta Sports Trips. The fans official sports travel provider the trips don't stop with spring training tune in monday to learn how you get qualified for march mania in our next big trip giveaway for march also uh if you are part of the winging an idea 680 the fan on twitter follow 680 the fan on twitter all we want today we were telling the story uh croy bierman who i we talked to several times, interviewed him a bunch, got to be around him some. Just seemed always like a really good dude. And then he was on that uh, show, Don't Be Tardy, I think, with Kim Jolsiak after they got hitched. And, again, just came off really, really good. I always have liked him. Uh, well, they lost the house. They lost the crib. So it's going up for foreclosure on the courthouse steps uh, first week of March. And so we said just tweet to Six Eighty to the fan a picture of your favorite former Falcon. We got... We got Young Way Koo. He's still on the Falcons. This is your favorite former Falcon. Uh, I did get a picture of Mick Luckhurst. I believe he he may still, I mean, Steve, you've run across him. He all has owned that insurance company where you, like, get insurance against the hole-in-one and you win the Mercedes. That's been 30 years that's been Mick Luckhurst's company.
2: Yeah, and he was doing commentary in England on nfl broadcasts for many years and then the last time i saw mick was out at a georgia force game uh probably oh four oh five ish he was out on one of the concourses there uh with his kids and of course just being mobbed by adoring fans All all these years later everybody still loves Mick Luckhurst, remember, went to University of California no. on a rugby scholarship yeah. and ended up becoming a, a very good kicker in the National Football I League. I bet he
1: could have hit the net in 05. Uh, Jesse Tuggle, Scott Case, Pat Sullivan, William Andrews, Proud of Thomas. So a lot of good ones coming in, so uh, get there. All right, I said uh, really bad look happening in one college locale in the SEC, and that is um, Tuscaloosa. And if you haven't seen the story, it's, uh, it's a genuine tragedy nothing no other way to say it um genuine tragedy what has happened in tuscaloosa if you don't know here's the the short version of it um you have one basketball player who had a friend they're in a parking lot public place and there is a some sort of disagreement altercation verbal whatever the one basketball player then calls his teammate and says hey My gun's in my car. Bring it over here. The second basketball player drives it over uh, to where they are. And then the friend of this first basketball player gets the gun, winds up firing a shot, kills a girl, whatever. But the two basketball players are involved. One of them owns the gun. Called the other player. Said, hey, we're over here at this place. Bring me my gun. Second basketball player said, be there right away. Um... They had testimony beginning yesterday in Tuscaloosa and essentially at the core of the defense because the second basketball player who just said who took the call and said, oh, yeah, I'll be right there. I don't know if this matters. Alabama could win the national championship this year. They're a really good team. And this kid, Brandon Miller, the, the kid who took the call and drove the gun over there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it like a top 10 pick? Top five pick? Some people He's, think
2: he could be the top pick.
1: Maybe the top pick. So he's a, he's a stud, and they're really good. And he got a call from a teammate and said, bring me my gun. I feel threatened. Fetch me my gun. Now, this happened in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to tell you a st- I've told this on the air before. I can't remember last time, but I've, I've referred to this before. This place, in, and I asked Steve West before the show, uh, I said, do you ever been to the War Eagle Supper Club? And he paused. He was looking down. He said, place out near the freeway. I said, yeah. He's like, yeah, I know of it. Um, It was cinder block. It was cement
0: floor. It was,
1: I mean, the Blues Brothers didn't play there, but maybe the Blues Brothers played there. There's a
2: roadhouse.
0: It was, thank you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like.
3: minimum balance
1: required. And it was gravel, parking lot, et cetera. So I'm walking in one night, and this is Lee County, Alabama, late 80s. And there was a guy that I didn't know, but I kind of knew him a little bit. I just didn't know him. And he is in the parking lot, and I hear him say to his girlfriend, Go fetch my gun. Well, I mean, I had a girlfriend who would strap a flask to her thigh under her dress and get it in a game day. So, I mean, girlfriend in the Deep South in the late 80s, they'll take steps for you. So she went to the car and got the gun. <laughs> And I'm like, I, again, I had never seen anything like this play out, and so I'm interested, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? Now, I, I'm not involved. I don't really know him. I had no idea who the other person was. He gets his gun and holds it up, and he gets out part of a sentence. You still want to? Pow, pow, pow from the other person. He was bringing his gun out to scare somebody. He was bringing his gun out to send a message. Oh. What I is you don't draw a gun to scare somebody you draw a gun to use a gun and the other guy in the parking lot he was like whoa wait a minute i was fired at and so that's eventually how that worked out but i feel threatened so telling someone to go fetch my gun here is the big response from everyone who's not an alabama fan it seems i have another idea why don't you just leave okay That is a grand response. I'm in a public place. My friend and I feel threatened. We'll just leave. Again, fantastic response. You're not legally required to leave because you feel threatened. You have a right to be in a public place. You do have a legal right to defend yourself. So I'm in a public place and I feel threatened. The response that, so I called my friend, bring me my gun. That's a lot of things. It's not smart. It's an aggressive response. It probably is another link in the chain that leads to trap It's all of these things. It's, that are- it's
2: a p- potential escalator. Absolutely. B- the biggest escalator. Of
1: all the things that it is, do you know the one thing it isn't? Illegal. And that's what matters here. It's you taking a step to defend yourself when you feel threatened. It's taking the wrong step. But it's the step he chose, and I will tell you, in the state of Alabama, stand your ground. I went and fetched my gun. (laughs) Brother, that carries the day. That carries, I promise you, I saw it carry the day. Um, And that is what's being presented. Now, I don't know that that's what happened. I know that that's what's being presented, and it certainly could have been the case. And if there is any evidence suggesting that that's what did happen, first of all, the kid, Brandon Miller, this is a really, really, really bad look. He just brought a friend. He's like, oh, my friend's in trouble? All right, I'll bring him his gun. Wrong choice. Should have Again, it's a better choice to say, hey, can I come pick you up instead of deliver?" You know, there's a lot of other things he could have done, didn't do any of them, but he didn't break the law. And so that's where
2: this resides now in a court. Chuck, anybody in this building on the fourth floor here tells you to go out to the orange deck and get their gun. What are you going to do? I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not
4: going
1: to. I'm not going to. Now, see that was that was the bad moment. You heard the coach Nate Oates yesterday. Did you see his comments? he basically, Nate Oates was talking to the media about this after the testimony, and he was asked, hey, did you know that this happened, that Brandon Miller got a call and just drove across town with a loaded gun? said, here you go. Nate Oates essentially said, who among us has not gotten a call on a Saturday night, bring me my loaded gun, and of course you show up and hand the gun uh, over, no questions asked. That's basically what he's like, hey, we don't know what happens. Uh, These are kids, they're off campus, you know, wrong place, wrong time. I was like... Are you out of your mind? How do you say then about four hours later, did you see? he released a a prepared statement where it was an entirely different tone? But you're right. What would I do? I think most people would say I'm not bringing you a loaded gun because apparently if you feel threatened, that means it's a dangerous situation. Last thing I want to do is show up to a dangerous situation with a loaded gun. You're right. That's how I would respond. It's not illegal to respond the way he did. It's unwise, it's dangerous, it's aggressive, no. it's potentially fatal, it's all of those things. And I agree with everybody who said, why didn't you just leave? This is going to be decided in a legal standpoint, and there is not anything here if it is as it's being presented. Yeah,
2: look, I don't know Brandon Miller, I don't know where he's from, don't I don't know, know his background, I don't know anything about that. I come from a world where the guns are locked up in a case somewhere in the house or the gun is on a rack in the back of the pickup truck
1: or it's on top of the dining room, uh, the, the, the uh, China cabinet. Yeah.
2: Or the gun is in the glove box and I've got a permit to carry. That's the world I live in. This world is a different world where go get a gun. And that's a large segment of our society. Just go get it. Is it registered? Do you have a carry permit? None of those questions uh, were asked. Did
1: you see Malik neighbors? The LSU
2: wide receiver? Hey, Malik, we're heading
1: down to Bourbon Street. Hang on. Let me get my gun. Yeah. Which, here's the thing. And I said this. I talked about this on the noon gig. Um, I said, I don't know anything about Malik's background. And let's head out to the streets. Means something different to other people. When I'm in New Orleans, hey, let's head out. That means let's go to Redfish Grill and get bread pudding. Yeah. That doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. And so maybe Malik thought he needed to carry it now again. My opinion is... The more guns people have in an area, the more people get shot. But Malik showed up with his gun, and he got arrested, and he was on Bourbon Street in Mardi Gras. ton of people everywhere for whatever his motivation was. Hey, Malik, want to go out and get some fish? Hang on, let me get my gun. Yeah, I feel naked without my gun. Had an L-shaped object on him is what the police said.
2: And I understand that some folks in our society are coming from a place where that's common practice, where that might even fit into the realm of a sensible decision, a logical or practical move. That's not the world I come from, but it's the world other people come from.
1: There was a story, and I'm trying to – I think it was Marcus Thomas, member of the defensive tackle of Florida who – like on after a game on a saturday on like a regular basis hey what happened to marcus oh he was suspended for today um somebody told me a story that urban meyer you talk about just not getting it he was he's just got hired at florida he'd been at you know notre dame bowling green utah and now he's going down to like bell glade to recruit somebody and it's like a tuesday afternoon at four he pulls up in the yard he said there's the player's mom, his uncle, and cousin, and they're all on the front porch just smoking weed. Now, he said, my response, what would your response be? You put the weed behind, Ooh, put it out, here's the coach. He's like, the biggest shock to him wasn't that they were sitting on the front porch doing it. It was like, they saw me drive up and get out of the car, and saw so I was the coach there to recruit her son, and all they did was wave and say, coach, welcome. So just kept puffing away. He was like, Urban literally never connected with the environment the families etc who had a way 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 different background than he did and so for malik neighbors like i said i have no idea maybe he thought it was cool maybe he thought he needed it but in the same weekend that we're going through all this in tuscaloosa they have a really like a rising star he's gonna take over for bootay get you know kind of nabbed on the same thing it's bad look
2: what happened in new mexico state oh gosh How would you like to be Greg Hire? You just won a national championship at Northwest Florida State as a junior college coach. And you get your first Division I head coaching job. And I was there in August, and he let me watch practice. Great guy. Coached him hard. Seemed to demand accountability. There's a fight at the New Mexico-New Mexico State game involving basketball players and students who came down from Albuquerque back in September... And now it's November, and New Mexico State's up in Albuquerque playing a basketball game, and three of these New Mexico students decide to lure one of the basketball players that was in the fight to a dormitory with the lure of this chick to have whatever. His name is Mike Peake. He played for Tom Crean at Georgia two years ago. He was in the same recruiting class with the Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yeah. Uh, Grew up in Chicago. The family moves to... Kansas to, well, get away from Chicago, but he's already coming from a different place here. He gets jumped in Albuquerque the night before the game. He's bringing a gun on the team bus on a road trip because he went out thinking there might be trouble and there was. They hit him in the abdomen with a baseball bat. The guns come out. He gets hit in the leg. He shoots and he's a little bit more accurate. It's lethal. New Mexico student is dead. The game is canceled. The players go and retrieve the gun. They yeah. haven't cooperated with the investigation. The team bus is stopped on Interstate 25 going back to Las Cruces. Then the hazing allegations come out. They ain't got no team. This guy doesn't make it through his first year, the, and they shut down the program. do yeah, they have a team now. Because of guns. It's crazy. But that's the world these kids are coming from. There might be trouble. Give me my gun. All right. Chuck and Westy, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up this uh, 4 o'clock hour next.
4: Chuck and Chernoff
1: continues on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Chuck Oliver. He is Steve West. That is true. Matt Chernoff. He'll be back in a few days. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, the irrational dislike for Mike Bobo gets the Steve West treatment, which will surely cure the problem. Interrogates Brian Hoyt. Just a couple of minutes. I say a couple of minutes because I got a lot of information to give you. Hey, golfers, the fan of Bears Best Atlanta here with an invitation for you to kick off your golf season with the Chili Dip Open, benefiting first team Metro Atlanta, building game changers by empowering kids and teens through golf. Tee off Friday, March 10th at 12 noon with a shotgun start. This is sold out. It's popular. It's gone. All of the spots booked. And that's awesome. So thank you to First Tee Metro Atlanta, Bears Best, Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort, Hennessey Jaguar, Land Rover, Gwinnett, Kroger, Beaver Toyota, Anderson Power Services, and Tito's Handmade Vodka. All right, Steve West, it is grill time. It is interrogation time. You want to know why Hoyt hates Mike Bobo? Well,
2: I didn't say that he hates him, but there does seem to be some trepidation, some concern about the replacement for Todd Munkin, who is moving along to the Baltimore Ravens and the National Football League. And it's not just Brian Hoyt. I've, I've heard it from other Bulldog fans, maybe not necessarily overwhelmed with the promotion, the elevation. Yeah,
1: they're angry at Joni Crane, and they're a little underwhelmed with yeah. Mike Bobo. Yeah. Those are the two central figures yeah. right the, now. The,
2: the, in, the in-house candidate here and. Brian, I just want to know your thoughts on uh on the offense and, and Mike Bobo and the uh, Bulldogs prospects going forward without Monkin, who has been the architect of an offense that has gone back-to-back winning national championships.
4: It's not so much on Bobo, it, it's on Todd Munkin leaving. It's no one was going to be Munkin and I think it was kind of the easy hire hiring Bobo the way you went about it. Um Look, I have nothing against Mike Bobo. Probably you're going to score 38 to 41 to 42 points because he has talent and he knows what he's doing. I thought it was an easy hire. I wanted innovation, and you can still do that. It just depends on who you bring in underneath him. Like Buster, obviously, Buster Faulkner went to Georgia Tech. Who's the next guy you're going to bring in? My biggest issue with Bobo is, Steve, if I told you Bobo is successful for the next five years at Georgia as the OC, they win one, maybe two national titles. Where's Bobo in five or six years?
2: He's probably
4: probably still here in Athens. And that's a huge problem. That's a major problem. So you want someone that is younger and more of a I want someone ladder who's, climber? who's looking forward to do something more, be innovative, change the way things are done. And that was Todd Munkin, and he's not here. Alabama suffered from that for the longest time, where you look at Brian Dayball. Was going to go do bigger and better things. Why? Because he was successful. Bill O'Brien was going to have that job as long until they fired him. And that that's my concern of Bobo. He will never be gone. And again, not a shot at Bobo. Bobo's going to be good. Bobo's going to score 42. He won't be gone until you fire him. And that's an issue for me. Now...
2: Initially, were you hoping that they would go outside the program and bring in
4: someone, maybe, I don't know, younger? That, as you said, no, you can't can't win two back, you can't win back to back natties and just give it to some young guy and say, Here are the reins. Kirby trusts Bobo, and that's what I appreciate. And I hope he lets Bobo run his offense. I want to see more innovation out of Bobo. I saw at Auburn, he was running Harson's offense. I saw at South Carolina, running the same thing he was running at Georgia. I just want more innovation.
1: You know, it doesn't exist anymore, almost doesn't exist anymore. Anywhere is a year where you look around college football, and Gus Malzahn is an OC, and Lincoln Riley is an OC, and some of the hottest names in coaching are OCs. I, I gave you numbers. I think it was a couple of weeks ago we were talking. The reason that Nick Saban hired Tommy Reese is Tommy Reese was about as good a candidate. Not that he could get to take the job, that he could interview. For the job of the last 40 hires, if you think, well, all things are being equal and I'm talking, excuse me, the last 40 hires where a coordinator got hired to be a head coach, you think all things being equal, it's like a coin flip. It should be about 20 coordinators and on offense and about 20 defensive coordinators. It's like 31 to nine. All the good offensive coordinators have already been hired away to be head coaches And Georgia doesn't – I don't think Georgia and Alabama are programs that look at the wide receivers coach and say, hey, we're going to promote you. They're supposed to be somebody who goes and takes somebody else's coordinator Well, all the really good coordinator candidates because you can trade up coordinator jobs. That used to happen all the time. Most times you don't trade up coordinator jobs anymore. You go from coordinator to head coach. And if you're an offensive minded guy, again, I think it's 31 to nine. So that's why Nick Saban looked around. He's like, I'll take Tommy Reese." Part of why Marcus Freeman wind up promoting Jared Parker is because he got frustrated with the process and it's his first time he's had to do this, blah, blah, blah. And he wanted to end the process without, you know, extending it further and bad look PR embarrassment, whatever. Uh, but the main thing was. He realized in Jared Parker, he may have one of the better candidates. I mean, you look around at Notre Dame, Alabama, and Georgia all, quote, hired. I know promoted with Georgia. But Notre Dame, Alabama, and Georgia all hired new OCs within about a week and a half. And it was a tight ends coach with no experience, Mike Bobo and Tommy Reese. The good candidates aren't out there.
2: Brian, if if Georgia didn't win the national championship,
4: you think Bobo is still... The choice here, if Mockin left, yes, one okay. hundred percent. Because again, I go back to, it was the easier choice to make. Like you understand that. And by the way, he's a very successful OC. He was at Georgia. He maybe was at Auburn. Not sure about that. No, but he was okay. But he was at Georgia. It was a very easy choice to make. I just want someone who's younger and innovative.
1: All right, Brian Hoyt, Steve West. They have met in the middle. There's another crappy night for basketball in this town last night, and one Atlanta Braves player says, was like he got kicked in the growing. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, start the 5 o'clock hour next.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win.
3: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.